0: Welcome to the Are We Still Here podcast, where we talk about what really matters for you and your own health and fitness. I'm Jess. And I'm Sasha. And each week we'll come to you with a no-nonsense topic, which will
1: make you challenge your own thoughts and ask, are we still here? Don't forget to like,
0: share and subscribe if you're enjoying the podcast. And let's get to today's pod.
1: Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> okay. I found finally remembered my uh, microphone. I'm just going to put it near my mouth. Um, Jess is going to hit us off today. Hit
0: us off. As of, uh, as always, we have had a good natter before the pod.
1: Half an hour. <laughs> no, half an hour <laughs>
0: natter. Just like the morning debrief, like you know, <laughs> you know if you're working in an office and you get in in the morning you make yourself a brew and you meet yeah. all your and you have a good chat that's just what we do on a wednesday ultimately is literally i normally get back into my room we have a good little chat and then we we kick off um have you done anything exciting this week though um what day is it wednesday so i have a, there's a boy moving
1: into my house soon On oh, on September 1st um well beginning the first week of September so know this boy? no I don't actually he's a stranger um mm. and I've been being a proper 30 year old and, and buying like um t- new towels it's cute mm. I got some lovely new uh, coffee cups from this extortionately expensive shop on Burton Road um I got a nice La Creuset baking dish because obviously, when my housemate leaves, he's taking all the good shit. Yeah. So, um, but it is exciting. And then my client, my lovely client Jodie, has sent me a link for a bed that I want. I want like a rattan bed, you know, like oh, with nice. like um wooden woven wood thing. Yeah. Um, I really want one. She's got one, a king size one. So she sent me the link. So I'm going to get that. And basically, my bank account's going to be spitting feathers by the end of September because it's going to cost a yeah. fucking fortune.
0: When we moved in October, it really is surprising how expensive moving house is because not only have you got, you know, like either a deposit or yeah. whether that's renting or buying or whatever, you then have if you get in a van to move stuff yeah phantom costs (laughs) yeah all the little costs add up and then you think oh well I really want some new towels I really want some new glassware and it does all creep up really quick yeah we're still not finished like and I think everyone says that don't they but then once you've done one room then you go back to the beginning room that you start (laughs) first and do that again I was telling Sasha just before we jumped on and recorded that matt and i were in bed last night talking about if we won the lottery <sighs> i just was saying i was like do you know what even just like 100 grand would just be great right I was yeah like, people say a million, million. i'm so, like yeah you know what 50 grand would be lovely <laughs> yeah i was like that would just sort a few bits out that i've just got my heart tied up at the minute. i just <laughs> want to get sorted i was like i want to have my garden done i want to get this done yeah. it's just nice little nice little bit of money go on a couple of days yeah holidays, yeah boom. I'm
1: quite patient though. I feel like it's gonna be um like I would rather wait and get something nice than just go to like I don't know, a shit shop and just fill the house a load of junk and then end up replacing it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'd rather mean. like, yeah. So obviously the bed we need a bed and a TV because he's taking the bed and the TV, but we have to well, don't necessarily have to have a TV, but I want one. Um, but we have to have a bed. So those are going to be the two like main things then other things like I, I don't really care about to be honest mm-hmm. Dan's bringing his massive bookshelf because because we're going to try and do one Well, he doesn't know this yet but in my room that's going to be like an office because he works from home every day I want to try and put one wall as a bookshelf
0: yeah that'd be cool because
1: um, yeah. he's yeah. got like three thousand million trillion books um so I think it'd just be nice in an office to have like an all all book wall
0: that's what I want to change as like one of our above the desks into a couple of shelves of books, mm. but um, I don't know if they'll hold all the amount of books. I think a bookshelf is probably a bit more sturdy.
1: Yeah. So just going to make it into a nice, like if you're doing work, you're in the office.
0: Mm. That's yeah, separate. it. Yeah.
1: Separate it. No, no work on the, in the, on the sofa in the lounge or anything like that. So yeah, that'd be nice. But yeah, that's pretty much the only exciting things I've been doing. How about you?
0: Um, not really. I am running the Great North Run in a. Oh yeah. Plug so plug. plug. Plug plug plugs. So I'm training for that. Um, which is um, yeah. It's not obviously. You guys who have been listening to the podcast for a while. I did the Manchester Marathon in April, although I didn't do it for a charity or anything. But this one I am doing actually for a charity. So I'm doing it for the Lily Foundation, which is um in support of helping fight mitochondria disease. So mitochondria is basically all the little batteries and energy that we have in a day our little cells and for some people they aren't always born with a healthy amount of mitochondria um, and it affects loads of people in different ways and it goes misdiagnosed for years and years and years because the symptoms present as other conditions so like fatigue seizures and um, like deafness diabetes all these different type of things in our family it um, specifically impacts the hearing and the diabetes side of things, but it can also have heart implications and stuff like that. So I'm raising money for the research behind that, um, and I've got a three hundred and fifty pound target. It's not massive, but it really does go a long way in a small charity like mm-hmm. that. So if you maybe put a little bit of money aside each month to, you know, donate to a cause of your choice, or maybe you have a little fund in case you get a parking ticket and you've not got a parking ticket for a while fancy
1: <laughs>
0: there's a link in my bio on, <laughs> that you can that you can <laughs> donate and you can also read a little bit more about um, my story so yeah shameless plug over and out let's get stuck in
1: yeah so Jess hit, hit us with the topic
0: yeah so this this week we're going to talk a little bit around um differences in people um and I think this one we all know deep deep down right we all know that Sasha and I even though we are of a similar height and of a similar weight probably, yeah. and we train similarly minus the running at the moment, um, we are entirely different people, right? And there's there's a few things that make this up. And this comes a, a lot from, um, and I don't think it was invented by them. I think it is, it's more of a um, sports nutrition um, coaching type of, model it's it's delivered in a bit of a venn diagram where it talks about the things that make us different are three things and i spoke about this on my instagram yesterday which is our biology so how our body works think about metabolism immunity recovery our hormones digestion our age our sex all those different types of things our genetics we've also got our social context so what's around you makes you different as well your friends and family your culture maybe how you spend your day with your job or your co-workers maybe even going as far back as the education as you had growing up and like the school that you went to um the tribe and the friends that you surround yourself with and also the physical environment so we take that for granted maybe living in a nicer area or whatever it might be where you have the freedom to go out and exercise and feel comfortable and totally different to every individual person and then the last element of that is the psychology part which is our mindset and if you guys have followed me long enough now you know I'm a big mindset fan um so what's your mindset and that doesn't just happen overnight and it's probably the biggest sticking point that Sasha and I see when working with people because it's it's our beliefs it's our thoughts it's our expectations about things our goals that we set ourselves it's the worries that we have or the perspective and also our values and priorities so it makes up such a big picture so what I spoke about on my Instagram last night and what we were going to go into a bit of a deeper dive today about is can you see how the fitness industry as a whole can promise specific results Based on the fact that you are so unique and individual. And I guess the second part of that is how does this help you understand yourself more? Does it give you a little bit of take a little bit of the weight off? Does it give yourself a break knowing that actually there's more to this than just calories in, calories out? <laughs> or does it tell you more about that? What's your initial thoughts on that, Sash?
1: See, I actually see it as it's a good thing for me but I can see why it's a bad thing for some so going into something if I don't really know what's going to happen and I know that I'm not in full control of it I actually I don't mind that because it puts less pressure on the situation and it also just means that you can do what you can and whatever happens happens and I quite like that but I can Mm -hmm. see how for some people that would infuriate them
0: yeah yeah as yeah, in yeah. you
1: know we, obviously we get questions in our job all the time also if i do this will this happen i'm just like i don't know you don't yeah. know i don't know you can have the best pt or coach whatever in the world and they if if they are the best pt coach, they will say well, i don't know you could yeah. you could give it a go and you, you never know what's going to happen um but i can see how the the people with controlling elements to their Um, personality will not like that one bit because they like to think so if I do this today and every day until my holiday on the 31st of August then I will have x yeah but that to me if someone said that to me I'd be like not buying it
0: yeah yeah and, and it's always it's always a, a rough guy whenever do pe- people do give you numbers. And you might think, well, I've followed a uh, 500 calorie deficit a day before yeah. and it has worked. I'm like, great, but it probably hasn't worked to the specific level and number that you anticipated. I bet there will be some sort of ambiguity at the end of it. Um, and that goes for anything, right? I, always, I think about when I used to work in marketing as well, a lot of our clients wanted KPIs, key performance indicators. They wanted the big stuff where they could say, we did this and it worked. And that was the outcome that we got. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you imagine, yeah, it might be okay with uh, Facebook ads, right? We yeah. put you know, a million pounds into a Facebook ad and we can say that, uh, I don't know, just to make it as easy mm-hmm. as possible. Uh 50% of the people that we wanted to see it saw it, and uh, 8% went on to go convert. Okay, well, that that's great. I've got the numbers from that, so I'll just replicate that. But you can't because you can't, you can't re- replicate what worked one time, because it also comes down to loads of different factors. We actually used to use a, oh my god, what was it called? Um it, it was it was basically like a forecasting tool where it took in loads of data points to try and predict the mm-hmm. outcome. So for example, if this weekend it's going to be red hot, it's going to be 28 degrees, um therefore garden furniture sales are going to go up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Combine that with the fact that um it's a bank holiday and yeah. there's been a DIY program that's massive on telly yeah. whatever. Taking all these other factors and t- still trying to predict the result whereas reality is humans are so individual that We can't guarantee that. You could say that, oh, well, that that DIY program has been on X amount of millions of people's tellies. How many people were paying attention to it? Was it just on in the background or was it actually realistically? How many people, yeah, see an increase in garden, uh, see an increase in the weather this weekend, but choose to go to the seaside instead of buying garden furniture? How many people don't have a garden? Yeah. So all these things come into it where it's 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 really easy on paper to say yes weather up da, 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 da. it's it's what it's like um just because it's a correlation doesn't necessarily mean it's the cause yeah
1: exactly I it's think same, there's a really yeah no Karen. Was
0: really, I was just going to say there was um there was a really good study which was um basically spoke about how in summer ice cream sales go up of course they do hot weather but so do murders <sighs> So does that mean ice cream sales are the cause of murders going on? (laughs) I don't think so. So it's just, again, it's like we're trying to shoehorn things into different holes that Mm -hmm. don't necessarily fit. Mm -hmm. And that's the same when it comes to our health, is people are trying to make certain things work for them based on what might have worked for a select number of people, diets, workout programs etc mm-hmm. etc cetera, et cetera. the reason that someone like the body coach has got so many transformation photos is because he's had probably hundreds of thousands of people do it but he's maybe only got a thousand photos but yeah it's, you know what I mean so it's, it's like a, an average yeah. is, is it lower of average isn't it
1: yeah I always think about that you know when I see um before and after pictures and when I see coaches who specialize in that and then they're like oh I've helped I've helped thousands of people transform their bodies and then you look at their account and there's maybe a hundred pictures mm. I'm like ah so where's the other where's the other my client said this to me it's, like, it's interesting to see the same pictures over and over again and I'm like well just think that they're they're saying oh yeah look what I've managed to do for this person like look how good it is and for every one person that's got a good transformation there's probably 10 people that didn't complete it never messaged back um didn't get any results um just and then just kind of fell off the you know went off the radar at the end but they don't show that even though it's more common 10 to 1 maybe if they helped thousands it's interesting that isn't it i'd almost want to be like what show me the other ones then why did why you know the people that didn't get there why didn't they you know but that's the thing that's when they'd probably say like oh they weren't dedicated
0: enough and just like but reality is the model that they gave them didn't work for them because of those three things that we just spoke about exactly
1: it works for very specific people works for people that are probably a little obsessive as in if they're following something they're following something to a and they will not let anything get in their way people like that I know people like that um People who will ignore, like, say you felt really terrible doing the transformation, they would ignore that. But like you or I, for example, if I was, I mean, we wouldn't do it, but say we were, and then I started to feel like really groggy and I couldn't concentrate at work and I, and I wasn't sleeping, I would stop. But most, but some people be like, no, I'm not, I'm not giving up for anything. And it's, so that's the kind of personality difference, which is like what you said, personality, um, values, priorities. My priority is, being a normal functioning human being not being, in these...
0: being like crap for a body fat drop
1: exactly it's interesting but some people like they want they want to tell someone the problem they want them to give them the solution exactly how it's going to happen and then they want to think about the outcome and then they want to get down to it but the reality is that happens for god less than 0.00001% of the population
0: yeah we just not yeah. I was speaking with a client about this the other day um and she's a nurse and I, I basically was saying how she's come from a background of focusing on one thing and one thing only which mm-hmm. is weight not a surprise as being a female mm-hmm. who's been dieting for many years makes yeah. makes why but mm-hmm. I basically just said to her I said when it comes to you looking after your patients do you just look at one metric like their heart yeah. rate for example yeah and she was like, no. I was like, so why why would you just focus on something like weight if that's something that you're wanting to improve, but not look at the other things that go alongside it, such as energy, mood, mm. maybe uh, measurements, if that's what you're focusing on, all those different types of things? It's like you administering a drug to mm. a patient and just going, oh, the heart rate looks all right, but the blood pressure is like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> They're like their eyes are rolling into the head. It's yeah. like you're not, you're not acknowledging the actual bigger picture. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it is, it is, and that's the bigger picture. Those, the bigger picture of what makes us all so unique and individual is those elements. And yeah. and I guess, I guess, what do you think is maybe the most difficult one for people to one wrap the head around. And two to discover more about. So remember, we've got biology, psychology, and social context.
1: Hmm. Oh, it's
0: tough. I think. Do you, so when you say social context, do you mean like environment, uh, environment, friends and family, jobs? Um, yeah, like community, society. Yeah, yeah. I probably think that one. I think they're all tough. <laughs> but
1: they, environment. Yeah. So the the social yeah. one because I don't think. Because you grow up in it, you don't realise it. Yeah, and it,
0: we're just a product of our environment. We don't literally.
1: I had um, a client said that their niece, she's, um, she's, she's really overweight. Um, not in a healthy, not just because of that, but she's just not healthy. She shouldn't go to sleep. She's just got this terrible lifestyle. And her parents are exactly the same, right? Exactly the same. None of them sleep. They just stay up and, and, and eat into the night almost. Um, and then they have another sister who was the same. And the other sister um, moved and went to uni and since has lost about 20 kilos and goes to bed. And I know people think in uni, you don't do that then. But some, uni- you know, some universities, especially if you're a part of a religion, like you're not just going to go and get pissed and eat pizza all night. That you Some do just go to study. <laughs> and that was it. And I'm not saying that that would happen, like if you live in a household where that you're just surrounded by like kind of negative uh, health traits like that, that you just leave and it'll all be fine. But it's a perfect example of how they all struggle. You know, they all say, oh, you know, what? I can't lose this weight. I can't lose this weight. But then look at look around you. You're surrounded by food. You're surrounded by people who love you, who are the same and say that you're fine just the way you are and all that and then the sister moved away and she's fine now yeah so it's, it's not saying that that's book bec- it is obviously part of the reason but um was it i listened to a podcast the other day um i'm not going to say that quote because i can't remember it properly it'll probably come out of the mess but
0: basically you can take someone out of the environment and they will adapt to that environment so it- i was going to say about that because i wrote an email about this a couple of weeks ago about um, uh, the Americans when they're at war with Vietnam in the seventies. By the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, <laughs> way by the way, <laughs> by the way, by the way, I also have an email list. I know slashes is much more popular, but just let you know, <laughs>
1: hey, mine's not that popular.
0: <laughs> I do one email a week though, so you can expect an email from it, from me today if you sign up. Um, it's just on my uh, bio. Um, but the story is back in the seventies, America, when they were at war with Vietnam. All the American soldiers went over to Vietnam, and they were based there, and they 20% of them were addicted to heroin while they were there almost like an escapism from the fact that oh my god but it was awful being at war but Nixon was the one the president who was in charge and he was really well known for like his war on drugs at the time so he said when they moved back he was going to like rehabilitate them and they would all be fine and it'd be great but what happened is as soon as they moved home nine out of ten of them kicked the habit of heroin addiction overnight like straight away which was totally unheard of because everything that they thought they knew about heroin addiction was it's really hard to break it's impossible etc it's irreversible you're never going to do it but the main reason was is because of environment they took them out of the environment where they were doing the drugs Mm -hmm. and put them back home where they weren't doing it but um whereas if you think about that on the flip side 90 percent of people who go into rehab go away from drugs but then when 90% of them, when they come out, go back to their old ways because they go back to the same environment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what you were saying about environment, it's such a big one, but it's so undervalued that people so take It's so undervalued. It-
1: it's crazy, isn't it? And that's why mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most important things because immediate environment affects how our, how our brains work and the, view that, uh, and the view of the world that we have like when I was in my early 20s, my dad wasn't into it so much, but my dad was a bike rider, but my brother was really into like, not, he wasn't a bodybuilder, in fact me, my mum and my brother were not bodybuilders, but we were all like really into the fitness stuff, like we were into the supplements, like making protein versions of whatever, Um, we all went to the same gym, like we we would all talk about it, like when my dad wasn't there, it was all we talked about, and we kind of joke about it now, but my environment was waking up my mum waking up early me going to the gym with her her going to do train her clients because she was a PT me prepping my meals when my mum was prepping her meals having a protein shake going to work being in an environment that I didn't really like but just thinking about the fitness stuff and like if people asked me I'd be like buzzing so I'd be like yeah so what you have to do is like you know do this do this and then I'd come home and my mum would have made a, a meal or or I would have made something if she was still at work and then we put our macros in my fitness and everything and it was just like so then when I went into a fashion office and no one was really doing anything like that I'd sit there and obviously I was young and impressionable but I'd sit there and just think god no one else does this why like it's so good why wouldn't you want to do this like everyone just yeah. eats shit and no one goes to the gym and everyone's unhealthy and everything like that but what I was surrounded by it And people you say, oh, Sasha, you're a bit obsessed with it. And and at the time, I didn't, obviously. Obsessed is just, what was it, another word to describe the dedicated look. (laughs) (laughs) But then I just think, like, look at my environment. I I was either at home with other people who did the exact same thing as me, at the gym, at work, where I would almost sit there in disbelief that no one else was doing what I was doing, and then go home and be in that environment again. And it wasn't extreme, but it's no wonder that I was the way that I was because that's just what happens when you're when you're surrounded by it all the time
0: yeah it, 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 and I've even said um to to you and and I think uh even Matt recently about having like a home office since we've moved house mm-hmm. has made the world a difference it's actually like what you've just said like having an natural space to work and stuff it makes yeah. it make a world of difference but I also feel the urge to go work elsewhere sometimes because mm-hmm. being in a different environment, even if it is a coffee shop or whatever, mm-hmm. does bring a new like when you're self-employed. It just adds that little bit of variety to your to your lifestyle and yeah. makes you think a little bit differently and change things. The thing is when I'm at home and everyone who's done remote working over the last two yeah. years can relate, I'm already thinking Right, in between the call that I've got with Sasha and then the one Mm. afterwards, Mm. really putting a load of washing on. (laughs) Whereas if I was out in an office, I wouldn't be doing that, but I am going to do it because it's a really nice day. Mm. It's a great washing day or drying day today. Yeah. like Those types of things. So it does, environment adds up so much. So when we apply that to health, like you've just said about being surrounded by people, what sort of advice could we give people? Advice, not Mm -hmm. do this set in stone, Mm -hmm. but our guidance for people who think, yeah, but you just don't know my friends, they're, they're yeah. wild, and they love to do this, or I always get told I'm a bit boring if I don't drink or if I don't do this or whatever, what sort of advice or guidance could we give there?
1: Well, I think I think I was going to, I actually wrote a little bit about this, about my email this week, but then I deleted it because I felt like I was going off on a tangent and it would just turn into a completely different email. But I was thinking the things that control our appetite and metabolism and stuff is affected by certain things and only some of them we can control uh, I think eating habits was one thing that we could control I, and I actually think that was the only one but one of the one of them was immediate environment and I thought can we control it and it's like to a certain extent can we control could I control my environment yes I am not married um I don't have kids I live on my own well t- you know I have housemates but they're not like I'm not with them all the time and they have their own dinner and I have mine. So I wouldn't say they affect my environment. Um, Could I move if I wanted to? Yeah. Do I have anyone depending on me? No. Am I dependent on anyone else? No. So if if I was like, you know what? This environment is is not good for me. I'm going to leave it. I could, I could just pack my bags and go. Um, But for many people, you can't do that. And Mm -hmm. that's why I was about to write, oh, you can control your environment. I was like, hmm you can't really so let's just say you've got two kids and uh, and you're married right and you've got a husband but your environment's a bit like I don't know you always get a take you put the kids to bed and you get a takeaway and then you end up blazing around at the weekend you just sit and watch films you don't go out you don't exercise and then you end up eating more junk and you just go to the shop and you know and it's just like oh but your partner's doing it you're doing it and then the kids might start to do it and then you're just creating this like oh my god what am I gonna do
0: yeah
1: such a hard thing to change but I think number one would be like if your partner isn't with you on whatever you're doing like it's not gonna work well I not with you not with you as in if they're not doing it they don't have to be doing it what I mean is if they they need to at least acknowledge it and uh, not allow you. I don't like that word, but like, let's just say, if they want to take away and you don't, they would be like, okay, that's fine. You have yours and and I'll have mine. They don't have to just have what you're having. So I think they need to at least be aware of what you're trying to do. You can't really just do it in secret,
0: essentially. Yeah. I think one of the things that I always speak to clients though, is um, have you spoken to your partner about it? right I'm not just saying right I'm not I'm going I'm being healthy next week Dave like I need you I need your support like whatever it is not just like kind of doing a bit of a blase thing because my question to that would be how many times have you said those words yeah if it's been more than five or ten or whatever how do you know that they're going to take it seriously this time because the evidence to them shows that here we go again I've done this before so what it does take is a new angle for you to come at this where you maybe sit them down. yeah, you have a little bit of a serious chat and you say, look, right, this is really important to me. I've had a couple of cracks at this before and I'm gutted that it keeps happening. I don't want to keep going through this cycle and I really need your support on this. So what I need from you is if you want to get a takeaway, that's fine, but ideally maybe we have it at different times. Like we eat a different, like you maybe you eat in the living room. I eat in here? Yeah. Or actually, we do have a takeaway, but we have that scheduled in together once a week on a Sunday or a Saturday yeah, or whatever. Absolutely. And it's those types of conversation. But the biggest thing that I see with people is when they say, oh, my partner's a pain in the ass. They always do this. I'm like, have you spoken to them? No. How are they supposed to know? They're not a mind reader. Not a mind reader, yeah. Absolutely lol me saying this, by the way, because Matt would be like, oh yeah, I'm not a mind reader. Either. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, mm kitchen's not tidy he's like well I'm not a mind reader um, <laughs> but having that conversation really counts and the same goes with your friends but there is a part of this which is you can put the in earn- is it the earn- Earnest? <laughs> what, what, what am I trying to say
1: I don't know earnest
0: <laughs> yeah you can <laughs> put the blame on them forever and that's great because it gets you out of like gets you a jail out of jail free yeah. cat Basically, you could do that forever, winning. Love it. You just you just keep going, or you can take some responsibility for the fact that when you've not stuck at something, that's just given them more evident more proof that you're not serious about it. So you yeah. need to be serious about Absolutely. it as well. Absolutely, that's a good point. You need to take go into it and be like if you're saying to your mates. No, I can. Uh, I'm, I'm on a diet at the minute, which again mm. is never a good mentality to go into something thinking you're on a diet. No, I can't at the minute. I'm trying to be good, quote unquote. Yeah. I'm trying to be good, but then three proseccos later, you smash in, <laughs> and then you've got you've got some more drinks or whatever. Does come an element where you, if you're asking people for help, you have to stand by your own boundaries that yeah. you've set for yourself. You're asking other people to respect your boundaries. You need to abide to them too. Absolutely, I'm a believer in that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm a huge believer. Like, for example, um over the last, to be fair, fucking years and years and years, I've been drinking a lot less over time. So imagine if I said to Dan, like, right, I'm not going to drink in the week. I mean, I don't anyway. But let's just say that that was my thing. I don't want to drink in the week anymore. And then let's just say the next week on a Monday, I got a bottle of wine and said, "Oh, let's." Yeah, of course he's not going to think I'm being serious. And then on a Wednesday, I'll like, oh, or what's another perfect? Yeah, you know, like you said, the takeaway one, right? No, no delivery or Uber Eats or anything in the week. Now we can have one at the weekend, but in the week, let's just cook. And then on Monday, order a fucking Wagamama delivery. Yeah, he's going to be like, oh, I thought it's like, oh, you know, let's just have one. And I'm like, I'm saying, I'm almost setting the rules, and then I'm I'm breaking them instantly.
0: Yeah. Which is why so I think I,
1: it's really important. I like that point. I've not really thought about it like that.
0: But also I think to start with going into it with realistic expectations, maybe saying no takeaways is a really stupid thing to say. Yeah. If you are having takeaways. Right. Five days a week. Right. No takeaways. We're not having any takeaways for the rest of the month. I always say to clients, I would much rather you say, we're only have 4 let's only have four takeaways this week. Mm-hmm let's only have three let's have and like set yourself some sort of realistic boundary. same with someone if, if they love a drink on a weekend don't go into it saying i'm not going to drink no. go into it saying do you know what i might have like three of those gins as opposed to the five oh, that have. <laughs> one of my clients she's only been with me a couple of weeks and she said to me the, the other day she said, oh, I had a really rubbish week it was really stressful friday night I came I had a half bottle of wine and half chocolate, uh, half the chocolate bar with my partner. And I said, but what did you do a couple of weeks ago before we were working together? Well, I had the full bottle of wine. I, had the, I would add the full bar of chocolate. And I said, so is that not an improvement then? Well, yeah, it is. And I said, what do you think would have happened if you said to yourself, I'm not having it at all? She was like, Saturday and Sunday would have come around and I would have just eaten loads because I would have felt yeah. like too restrictive on the Friday night. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's actually a positive thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is actually, but it takes somebody else to ask you these things to hear yourself. Yeah, to hear yourself out loud that you are making significant progress. Yeah, it, and and this is the whole thing that it comes back to what we said at the beginning. The social context really does impact you, but mm-hmm. also your psychology of how you're approaching this counts because if your mindset is in a place of oh, I didn't I didn't do very well this weekend because I only did I only I still had this, mm-hmm. yeah, but you still had less. Which is which is pretty cool. That's good going. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And um, I also think you've got to think of like what's the alternative. So I've got a client who they eat out a lot. Like to the point where I'm all, always like, think about this financially. <laughs> I'm always like, what the hell is a lot? But then, you know, she explained it to, to me and she she her and her partner both got a really busy job. And she says, What happens is we have great intentions and then we get home and then we're so tired and the thought, and because neither of them like cooking and one of them's actually really bad at cooking, they just think, oh, and they either get a takeaway or they'll go out and they say they've been trying to get out of that cycle for years, but they just, because they're still, they, they're still exhausted. And they just, imagine just lying on the sofa and just thinking, Oh, now I've got to go to the shop, get ingredients, find something to cook. And when you're not like a natural like you are, Matt is, I am, Dan is, my housemates are like, we can, I can think of a meal out of mm-hmm. whatever I've got in the cupboard, but some people aren't like that. And that's totally yeah. fine. So it's a lot harder for them to be like, oh, I'll make this. So I said to her, I was like, so you've been trying to get out of it for years. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, and I just think, I just said, what's the alternative? Either you make an effort to not, like you just said, not remove, reduce, or You have takeaways every night for the rest of your life. And then once a month, she'll say to me, God, I feel like shit. God, I feel terrible. God, I feel uncomfortable, you know, and she exercises a lot. She's very active. She plays football. She uh, trains with me twice a week. And, you know, she's got a dog, so she walks it and she sleeps quite well. So you kind of think it's probably all the takeaway food you're having all the time. It's probably why you feel like shit. And then she gets annoyed with herself. She's like, oh my God, it's like, I always feel like shit. And there's one thing that I know I can do to, to remove it and I just don't do it. And that's when I'm just like, that's when the alternative is a lot scarier and worse than just going through a little bit of fucking annoying things like going to Tesco and getting all the stuff coming back. And I'm just, and that's when it's like, yeah, okay, it's about mindset and all this. But it's also like, sometimes the alternative is really, really shit. And you think in the long term, you're like, what if I continue this for five years, right? Not only spending, how much money is that? I don't even know. I honestly don't even know. Um, But you're also eating food that is literally designed to be luxurious every single day. Highly palatable and also- Highly palatable, high in fat, high in sugar, really hard to stop eating it because of what it's designed to do. They want you to have more of it makes you really thirsty um you know a beer might be there a couple of times or whatever and I'm just like yeah okay you want to get out of it you you literally feel terrible so sometimes you're just like you've got to wait until it just hurts too much to not do anything about it
0: yeah I think that's it we're we're all we're all waiting sometimes for the worst case scenario yeah I had this conversation with a client the other day and we spoke about what is the worst case scenario? What you being in a hospital bed or something? Yeah. Because if you're waiting for that, then that's pretty grim sort of expectation that you're holding on to around it.
1: Yeah.
0: And 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 her mentality was, oh, I always do things last minute. It's always like I'm just a last minute type of person. I always do things last minute. And I was like, waiting last minute ain't gonna ain't gonna pay off in your health. No, no, but we've got no guarantees. We've got no, no even even like. Someone who's fit and health, and I know this sometimes I have these like deep, meaningful life moments when I think <laughs> I focus on my health so much, I prioritize my health. Um, like at the moment, um, I said to you at the beginning of the call, um, raising money for mitochondria mm-hmm. charity, I'm very conscious of yeah. okay, what can help my mitochondria? Because yeah, yeah. I'm impacted by this. What can I do? What can I do? Reality is I could still get hit by a bus tomorrow. I'm not indestructible, I can't no. do that. But while I'm here, I want to feel my best. Yeah, I want to feel as good as I possibly can. And I want to know that I've done whatever I can to, to help achieve that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that one. Because some people say like, oh, you could go to the gym five times a week. You could eat this. You could sleep all night and then you'll still die. And it's like, yeah, but <laughs> that's such a horrible way. Of- that's so such a nihilistic way of looking at life. It's like, yeah, but you're going to die. And I'm like, well, I know that. But what if I'm here for a really long time? I at least want to feel nice so I can fucking go and do stuff. You know, I said to Dan this morning, I was like, um, we were talking about this population, you know, some people are saying there's a population crisis whatever. And I was just saying like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to be around quite a long time. He's like, you don't know that. And I was like, I know I don't. I said, I know I don't know that. But what? what?" So you would rather me say, oh, um, oh, I might die when I'm 50 lovely lovely mentality to have like in my head of course I'm going to assume that I'll live to 95
0: I might not and I'm
1: fine with that but at least so I at least want to like
0: think that I might there's there's also an element of that which I think as well is um a lot of us are always shocked when something happens to somebody like ourselves or somebody we love because we don't expect it we don't we never played out that It was. We always think I'm going. Yeah, it's not going to be us. It it won't be us. I'm going to be old and grey and whatever. We always think that, which I always find fascinating. Mm. Um, Rather than which you could do, you could focus on right. Well, the the statistics for heart disease are this. The statistics for uh, stroke are that. And the statistics for cancer are this. You could do that, and you could realistically weigh out your chances of what you're going to what's going to happen to you over the next few years. Or you could think do you know what? I'm just going to focus on feeling as good as I can while I've got the tools that are available to me at the moment. And if something comes in my way at some point, then I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it.
1: Yeah. But do you think that I, th- I think that being comfortable with maybe wanting other things that like your friends maybe don't want, like, how can I, what, what am I trying to say here? No, like for example, right. If we're on a night out and I'm not very good at nights out as in, I don't like, because I go to bed at the same time every single night, pretty much, whether it's the weekend or not, this is, lit. well, this is actually proven that if you randomly stay up really late, you you get anxious, your, your, your heart, because your body is like, why, why am I awake? Like it's fight or flight. So obviously I get that if I stay up late and I really, I said this to my mum the other day, I really hate that feeling. And some people say, oh, you know, it's Saturday, just stay up. And I'm just like, but I'm not having a good time. I'm yeah. staying up because I feel like I should because everyone around me is drinking and and I feel like I don't really want to be a loser and go home but now I'm 31 I couldn't give less of a shit I will literally walk out that door and go home and go to bed and be like they can all talk about me for the next half an hour and say that I'm boring and dry or whatever I couldn't give less of a shit I'm going home I'm protecting my own peace I got plans tomorrow I don't want to be lying around in bed, wanting a McDonald's breakfast at 10 a.m., you know. But I think that comes with age, because when I was 25, I would have done anything. I would have been like, no, 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 got to stay out. You know, when I was 21, I probably, you know, God, I would have forced myself to do all nighters and shit. But now, I don't give a shit.
0: I saw saw a meme at the weekend, though, which was basically saying about... um, being hung over on a weekend and then it was like someone barging through a door and it was like my productive anxiety where it's like someone with a hoover and like cleaning oh my God. I and that's me on the on this weekend just gone mm-hmm. I drank wine on Friday on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I drank it because it always it always gives me a headache. Yeah. Anyway, on Sunday morning instant regret and thought, oh for God's sake. But I was so fuming because I hate the thought of wasting a day. Oh my like, god, me too. Off. So I was like, right, "I'm so myself out. I'm gonna go get a shower. I'm gonna put a load of washing on. I'm gonna do the sheets." I'm because it almost like I was like, "I can not let this day pass me back." Whereas when I was in my twenties and at uni and stuff, oh my god, yeah, I would have yeah. just kind of like I'd let a week.
1: I'd let a week yeah. disappear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is weird, it's isn't it? Because yeah. that, like we said with the alternative, it's like I always think. I always think like of how horrible those days are, you know, like on Sunday, I think I love the message you sent me like, oh, I've just, I've just stopped hating myself when it's (laughs) 2pm. Yeah, I did. I was (laughs) was so annoyed
0: with myself as well.
1: Yeah, right. And I literally cannot stand that feeling. You know, like some, some people say that when they're hungover, they almost feel like really relaxed and they're like, oh, you know, I'm hungover as well. Like just lie on my sofa. Like (sighs) again, like you were saying this whole, what this whole podcast is about, that's like a a psychological thing I mm. cannot do that on a Sunday because yeah. Sunday then turns into this instead of one day of the weekend that we only get two suddenly it suddenly it just turns into depressing depressing day where you just like watch films but don't watch them because you're in and out of sleep and then you just end up eating shit you're looking in the cupboards like every half an hour of something to eat and then you look back on the day and you're like I get two days in the week yeah. to not, not think about work just relax Go and I don't know especially when the weather's like this and you know it's nice go and explore whatever do whatever go on a nice walk I am not willing to do something that I don't I don't really even enjoy getting drunk anymore yeah I, I, I don't like it at all
0: because of social media like tiktok and stuff, I think a lot more people are normalizing that now though yeah absolutely don't actually enjoy getting drunk yeah. or whatever. well the thing is, it's, it is it's difficult isn't it because i actually do i do actually enjoy maybe like two or three drinks yes that's like a really nice amount i would
1: i was i would totally agree with you two or three really nice small glasses of wine or something on an afternoon lovely but i know that that's my limit mm. that's, that's that's just of the practice though does it yeah oh god <laughs> a lot of practice but this is interesting so my old client she works for Heineken and she's worked for them for years and she said that um there's a generation now that so I think it's Gen Z might be Gen Z basically the eight the people that are 17 to 25 now aren't drinking that much Mm. they don't drink really I find that so interesting so obviously loads of alcohol companies are trying to think of like non-alcoholic alternatives and stuff but there's actually like a big like kind of non-drinking community and some would say oh god you know they need to live a little bit it's like yeah but that's just me now (laughs) they're just getting to it earlier
0: yeah for sure
1: because when I was that age god that was my biggest I would actually say mine was a little younger but that was the time where drinking was so like novelty that you're like oh my god I can finally drink like and then you just get obliterated and I don't find that fun and if you do that's totally fine but Imagine the most anxious you've ever felt and like the most shit. Would you want to do that? No. Well, I get like that when I've had drink and then the next day and no sleep and the next day. So if someone does say, oh, yeah, you're boring or whatever, just like, yeah, imagine that feeling. You like you yeah. don't like it, do you? Yeah. Well, that's why I'm avoiding it. <laughs> yeah. But that's like that's yeah. environment,
0: psychological and mindset, all built into one. And like the biology part of it right mm, because mm-hmm. what does binge drinking do to your metabolism <laughs>
1: destroy oh
0: what does it do thing. to your recovery what does it do to your hormones what do you do to your digestion what does it do to your ability to want to exercise and your performance hell of a lot so it all kind of seeps in yeah so you absolutely. can understand as well how it's not just what you're doing with your time it's it's also how, how are you it. yeah exactly yeah, God, there's lo- there's absolutely loads
1: to it. Um, so, what have we gone into? We've gone into environment quite a lot,
0: um, mindset, biology. Yeah, the biology side. So, how how your body actually works. So, we've spoke about this um, maybe in a few different snippets throughout the episodes where we spoke about um smart watches and how it's mm-hmm. so different for each individual and how they're really difficult to re- regulate mm-hmm. but one of the things that we maybe haven't spoken about as much is things like metabolism mm-hmm. um age
1: um
0: mm-hmm. uh, your recovery rate hormones and there's a reason that we've not maybe dived into as much of these as possible because mm-hmm. there are so many things to talk about oh god um, yeah that differentiate you did um an email the other day which was about Ghrelin and leptin, so hunger and society hormones.
1: Yeah, they yeah. vary
0: person to person. So yeah, of course, there's there's even research now, like so people who go and get gastric bands fitted, they have higher levels of uh, the hunger hormone. Mm-hmm. So when you say, "Oh God, people who are bigger, they just need to stop eating," and it's <laughs> like, well, no, because on a biological level, their hormones are playing havoc on their body more so than somebody yeah. who has to be more manageable uh, absolutely
1: just- absolutely and this is why I say to people sometimes who don't who can't empathize and don't understand why some people are bigger and some people I always say like imagine you re- you're really hungry right and then you have a big Sunday roast and you've got all the trimmings and you finish it and you know what are you like after that you're usually like oof oof right That's because that's to do with your genetics and how your leptin and ghrelin works in your own body, right? Quite Mm. regulated. There are some people where it's not like that. As in, they would eat that, roast dinner, all the trimmings, fucking cauliflower cheese, uh, Yorkshire puddings, all that. And then they would finish that last bite and they'd be like, hmm, you aren't in control of that yeah the people that say oh how can they you know self-control it's like no it's (laughs) no it's not it's not self-control because how those two things work yeah you can manipulate them and there's certain foods that like for example white potatoes will fill you up more than I don't know uh, popcorn for example um but you're not always in you know you're not just going to random just eat white potatoes all the time you Mm. know so it's all it's like um oh
0: that's that's me saying we've got
1: a call in 10 minutes oh.
0: <laughs> turn you, them off.
1: yeah so you can't control that so imagine that feeling right imagine eating a meal and never feeling satisfied ever right yeah. what are you going to do you're, you're on the hunt for that because it we're human beings and that's how our bodies work we're on the hunt but so we just want to we want that satisfaction so we're going to go and find something else
0: and you're also not going to go for things that are high in fiber or that are going to fill you up in the right way you're going to go for those highly palatable foods which is why it's always it's it's not set in stone in a lot of ways but we have to acknowledge that every person's different which is why when Sasha and I maybe work with a client we talk about how much fiber are they getting into diet are they they eating a balanced diet of the Mm -hmm. macronutrients of the of the carbs and the proteins the fat? because it's interesting to see if we can help them just by having that conversation around what they're already eating, mm. if they come to us and they're having, and remember there is no perfect diet, but let's just imagine yeah. whatever in your head appears when we say a perfect diet right now, yeah. a perfect diet. And they're still struggling. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's going on there? Yeah. And it's accurate. And it's, it's full and accurate as in like, there is, they're the, the reporting on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. are they're not They're not kind of hiding anything yeah. or anything like that. It's yeah. bang on that's out of our remit then that is you need to maybe go speak to somebody about this. absolutely absolutely
1: eating exactly um and that's exactly there's so much to it and that's why I get find it so frustrating when people are just saying like oh you know it's self-control it's just this you just need to be in a 500 calorie deficit which you can't control and it's so frustrating um but we have to remember also that there are certain things so we don't want to push the the narrative that none of it's in our control so just fucking do whatever you want because there are things that do help like for example exercise doesn't make you lose weight but it does regulate your appetite uh-huh. so I said to my client the other day and I, I was like you know when you sat home all day right and you sit on the sofa all day you are you're not really hungry you're like Oh, is it oh it's lunchtime? Oh, so oh, should we have some lunch then? Oh, it, oh, is it tea time? Oh, well, we've only I feel like I've only just had lunch. Because you literally just sat down, your body's like, there's nothing like kicking in, and you there's it, nothing, nothing's happening. But if you're if you wake up and you have breakfast and then you you commute to work and then you got busy, busy morning seeing people, or whatever, and then suddenly it's lunchtime and you stop and you've been moving around, you're like, oh, it's time for some lunch you don't mm-hmm. get that when you don't do anything you're just like the, the idea of i know breakfast lunch and dinner are essentially made up but those kind of time things just kind of go out the window and you're like oh i'll just uh what's well, it's tea time so i may as well eat yeah it shouldn't it probably shouldn't be like that it probably should be like oh it's time for some dinner i can, you know i i my stomach's rumbling a bit or i can you know i would like something to eat um but that's the thing it's like we're not in we're not in as much control as we think, but we're in more, we also are in control of some things that will help massively, but there's just certain things that trying to chase down the control of them is just going to be really annoying and disappointing. So that's just the thing I know, you know, people always say control the controllables. The controllables are a lot smaller than you think, but they're also very, very, very helpful. So it's about getting them right and knowing what to leave alone because there's no point because you're focused yeah. on something that's not going to affect anything.
0: Yeah. So for example, controlling the controllables when it comes to age, you could yeah. maybe focus on your exercise selection or actually um how you how you spend in your day. Maybe as you as you get older you 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 become less mobile and you need to focus on being more mobile or whatever. But you can't change your age. No. <laughs> that's it. Unfortunately. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You're stuck. And the same with certain things like that, like it's it's that is set in stone. But you can use that and then explore what's going to be beneficial, Mm -hmm. the back of that for your requirements, perimenopause, menopause, that type Mm -hmm. of thing that comes with age, or if you're female. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I like that. And it's like same with like um, certain body composition things, like for example, let's use like Craig Massey, right? 70 kilos with his big coat on has been since he was younger, right? He could and he has put on a bit of weight and muscle, right? But he had to do things that went against everything that felt comfortable to him to get like that. So people say, Yeah, you can do whatever you want. You know, you just need to eat more and train more. I was like, Yeah, but he would for him to gain 10 kilos, right? Muscle, he would be in hell. He'd be super unhealthy. Um, his recovery would probably be shocking from training so it would all just be too much for him Um, it would plague his mind as in he'd have to be thinking about food all the time so it'd almost be like yeah you can change it if you want to but you're going against everything in your own genetic ability you know yeah. it's like some uh, some people just have a bigger frame yeah could they be skinny absolutely of course they could if they if they really worked for it would they be happy and healthy and would it be would it control their life probably yeah do you want that no you and I right if we just randomly wanted to be 80 kilos stacked big yeah. muscles um massive quads hamstring glutes and just be could we do it yeah would it be hell on earth yes. yeah it would yeah. be horrendous and I always think Dan who's six foot one you know, really, really slim, just, he's just tall and slim, like, like loads of people are, could he pack on a load of muscle? Yeah, it would be, it would be horrendous, he would literally not even enjoy his own life, so you've got Mm. to think about when people say, yeah, you can be whoever you want to be, you can change, yeah, but are you willing to go through a really, really uncomfortable, probably unhealthy time, forcing your body to go against its genetics to do so if the answer is no then that's fine if it's yes then good luck to you
0: <laughs> yeah and the thing is if it is yes there's there's nothing that, that like go for it like do what you want oh yeah do what look, you want um, look at athletes right a mm-hmm. lot of them have to do this yeah like push themselves to put on muscle or whatever it might be mm-hmm. but it, it's it's a really uncomfortable process for them to go through to get to that point mm-hmm. um I always think as well like I've never really had like visible abdominal Mm. muscles Mm -hmm. because I also know how low I would have to drop. Oh my God. So, yeah, really. It's just that's not natural for me because actually, I know being of a petite frame, it would probably be very dangerous for Mm -hmm. my female health as well. Absolutely. And that's because of, again, like uh, genetics. I'm quite Mm -hmm. short in stature. I've got quite a um, like short in between my ribs and my hips. Mine's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Whereas uh, one of my really good friends, she naturally has like a six or an eight pack. She she yeah. does. She works. She works. She trains. She exercises. Yeah. Looks after a diet. She's yeah. She's very very health conscious. But she has the frame, which means yeah. that, that kind of shows on her. And that's yeah. the difference between me and her. We used to train identically, yeah. like very very much so, and it just. It just goes to show that we are all so different. We, uh, my best friend, Sophie, I saw her at the weekend because it was a birthday. And when we went traveling in 2016, I would say 85 to 90% of our diet, we ate the same because we're literally both ridiculous and we can never order our own independent meal. We always just go, oh, that looks really nice. Oh, I think. I want that. Yeah, get the same thing. So we ate very, very similarly all holiday, all holiday, all like three months of traveling and we exercise pretty much the same every day we had no equipment we would just do like some sort of body weight stuff yeah, 20 yeah. in the morning before we would go out and then we would do hiking and all the different yeah. activities our body shapes look entirely different by the end of it that's because she's about five foot seven or eight i'm five foot three mm-hmm. um i definitely had barley belly more time as <laughs> any system couldn't hack it yeah and um, we looked totally different. I lost a lot of muscle because I wasn't mm-hmm. strength training. I've gone from doing go. 100 kg back yeah. squat yeah. to going on holiday and doing a body weight squat or a <laughs> back squat. Yeah, totally different. So whereas she would just come from doing it was it it just kind of really heightened how different we were in regards to biology yeah social context though goes to reinforce even more so that we both stuck to a similar sort of schedule because we were both doing it if one of us worked out and one of us didn't go mm-hmm. have done it as much I don't know who knows there you
1: go exactly that that is honestly so important I don't think that's talked about enough in the industry because we've got this this really like um we love the idea that we have unlimited control over everything in our lives and it's up to you to change it and it's not it's like yeah but you're also born the person you are you know and sometimes there's just not a lot that you can do about certain things like I always say about the time where I got I had really 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 bad like poisoning and I lost an obscene amount of weight in two weeks I think there's almost a blessing in disguise for me as someone who previously had always been like oh I would love to some ab definition or whatever I wasn't even close
0: Mm. I
1: was not even close I couldn't see a single one (laughs) yeah I just looked awful so it almost said to me like you know what to get that I'd have to I'd have to lose more weight than I did when I was not consuming food and sorry Jess but shitting and throwing up for two weeks (laughs) do you know what I mean it was almost like but people will be like no I reckon I can still do it and I'm like oh do you care you might have to become really unhealthy just to just to get that one photo for Instagram that will get 12 likes
0: yeah (laughs) And that's a wrap. And that is a wrap. Just to let you know, guys, um, you can find Sasha and I. I'm sure if you listen to Bodgy, you'll know this by now. But on Instagram, I am at s3lfuk. That is Self, which is my brand. Mm -hmm. And Sasha, what's yours? Um,
1: (laughs) mine is Sasha Lucas underscore. It's very inventive. Um, I'm trying to be better on it.
0: I say that.
1: I I say that every single year. No, but you,
0: you are, you are, you are. No, you are doing. I Um, am trying. if you're interested in anything we spoke about today um both of us um coach remotely Sasha also coaches in person Mm -hmm. you can subscribe to Sasha's email list you can also subscribe to my email list and also um, the charity event that I'm doing um, in a month's time my link is in my bio so you can find all that information there but um if you ever want to ask us anything coaching related or otherwise our inboxes are always open and we would love to hear from you so yeah
1: yeah Right, thanks, guys. Jess, I'll see you in 30 seconds.
0: See you in 30 seconds.
1: Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.